This is episode six of Entrepreneur Mindset Reset. Hi, everyone. Thanks for tuning in today for a new episode of Entrepreneur Mindset Reset, the podcast where entrepreneurs just like you and me share how they master their mindset to overcome obstacles to their success. In today's episode, I'm speaking with the extremely talented international photographer and visual strategist, Marlena Semenza. She uses her photography to tell her clients' stories in their most powerful way. In our interview, she talks about the difference between marketing and branding, and I love her analogy about the difference between the two. She says marketing is like asking someone on a date, and branding is the reason they say yes. Your personal brand ultimately isn't about you. It's about what you can do for people. It's always about your clients and customers. You won't want to miss the story about how she took photos of a client on a motorcycle in California while sitting in her home office in North Carolina. You'd never, ever guess that she took these photos virtually on a FaceTime call. You've got to check out these cool images at photographerinyourpocket.com. So grab a beverage or a snack and settle in to listen to Marlena and her amazing journey. Marlena, welcome. Thank you so much for joining. I'm absolutely thrilled that you're here. And I would love to start out by having you tell me where you are in the world. Well, thank you so much, Tracy, for having me here. Um, right now, I am sitting just outside of Raleigh, North Carolina, but so, I'm actually a transplant to here. So we've been here about nine years. So originally, I was from the Northeast, never lived more than an hour outside of New York City my whole life till we moved here. And now you're in the South. Mm-hmm. Indeed. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> so tell me a little bit about your business, like what you do, and also how you ended up here because I know you've had you've had an interesting journey and I'm curious to hear what made you decide to branch out on your own after all of your crazy adventures. Um, well, I am a photographer and visual strategist. My job is to showcase what makes people unique and what makes them special so that they are positioned for opportunities. Um, my career actually I would actually went to college for photography, which I didn't don't think most people grasp that that actually exists anymore, but um, I did. And my first job out of college was actually with the World Wrestling Federation. I worked for their photography department and traveled all over the country with them for three years. And I also had a minor in illustration. So I worked for a cartooning and animation company and we did things for Warner Brothers and um, we did the Munsters comic book and various other things along the way. And then I also Fast forward again, did set styling and design, interior design. I worked on projects for This Whole House and Woman's Day and um, a lot of freelance stuff for Ethan Allen. Worked on their New York Times ads and their style books and their training videos for their designers and their the magazine that would come out monthly or quarterly. So it's been a long journey, but I always had photography in the mix. It was just, it would just take on different forms. So I've done the whole wedding route and the kids' portraits and all that type of thing. And so now I just kind of bring that whole thing together and can tell anybody's story. Who do, who do you work with primarily? Who are your ideal clients? Primarily, um, it is people who are looking to break through to the next level. They know that they are, they know where they want to be, but they're having trouble getting there or they are recognizing the fact that here's the thing. You have a reputation or a personal brand or an image if you are on social media and you have one developing either by design or by default. So most of these people have recognized the fact that they are getting to a place where they need to take control of that and do it more by design than by default and show up on purpose. And I think that that's hard to do in social media. You know, there's so much noise 
Mm-hmm. And then, you know, we're seeing people's, what do they say? We're seeing people's like um, best, I can't remember what it's called, but like their best right. outtakes, right? And mm-hmm. that's not the real them. And so how do you find the real person that you're working with? You know, draw them out. It, it's through a series of things. Um, part of it is time. Uh, I also have a pretty extensive onboarding questionnaire that I go through and ask them. And then I talk to them about what their answers were on that questionnaire. But at the end of the day, it's also time. And it's me getting to know you and your brand and the image you want to portray, where you want to go, what will get you there. So I can help guide you and help create that image that you want to show to the world. Because at the end of the day, we don't have to show everybody everything. And I think that's lost a lot, especially when you're 20 something. And, you know, there's a lot of 20 somethings that put and teens that put everything out there. Mm-hmm. And uh, the downside to that is once it's out there, you can never put the genie back in the bottle. So as we get older and realize that our reputation, our business, whatever is also dependent upon this image that we put out there, then I think it becomes realizing that I always tell people to treat it like treat your social media like a vacation home where you don't have to you want people to to come in. You want them to be comfortable. You want them to make themselves at home, but there's always an owner's closet and there's always something locked in it that's just for you. And the size of that closet and what's in it is completely up to you and what you're, you know, what you're comfortable sharing versus what you're comfortable, what you're not comfortable sharing. You know, that's, that's under your control. That's a great analogy. I think for people who are listening today to take that into account, right? Because there's all this talk about authenticity and you got to show up and you got to show who you really are. And I think we can show who we really are and be curated about it. Because, mm-hmm. you know, one of the things that I teach my clients a lot is reputation precedes revenues. And so mm-hmm. we need to be, we need to be crafting the reputation that we actually want to build and put, right. you know, put out there, air quotes for out there. I right. love that analogy. I might, I might borrow it. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so how did you decide to to focus on personal branding? Like how did you end up here instead of say, you know, headshots? And only headshots. And can you explain the difference? I think some people might not really understand the difference between those and how you got here. Okay. To me, this is the best way to explain it. A headshot is like a book title. It gives you an introduction, but that's all that it does. Where personal brand photography tells stories. And the reason we invest in books isn't for the title, it's for the story. So it's the same kind of a thing. Headshot is like a title, personal brand photography is the story. And that's how you get people to invest in you by telling them a story and telling them your story. Do your clients find that they get better, like better quality engagement? I'm not talking about building to, you know, a hundred thousand or a million followers, but that the quality of engagement and frequency of engagement increases when they start using more curated images and start telling their story through the images. I believe so. Yes. Um, I think also too, people say, well, I want it to be about my business, but there's always a face to a business. And we always, we, we, do business with people, not businesses. And even if, let's say, um, you're a hairdresser, are your clients going to the place that you work or are they going to you? They're going to you. So if, if you leave and go someplace else, you want to take that influence with you. It's the same with any job, any business, anything. You know, you can take somebody like a Bill Gates. Microsoft had a very strong brand. Bill Gates has a very strong brand. When he left Microsoft, 
his influence did not stay with Microsoft. He took his own influence with him into other things. And it's the same for any entrepreneur, um, any business owner. You want to have your own influence that you can bring with you into other ventures. Because even if you retain your company, you may want to venture out into other things. So would you suggest to a client who has you know, their business and their personal brand, let's say they're trying to build their business, would you suggest to them that they still focus on their personal brand more or both? Or how does that work? I think it depends on where you are in your business because the clients that come to work with me personally are usually at a certain point in their business Mm -hmm. and a certain point in their their journey. I generally don't get involved with startups and things like that. I know photographers that do and they can help you tell those stories. But for me, usually these are people that have recognized that it's really time for them if they haven't already to invest in their personal part of this. Mm. I think that's interesting too. When you think about, you may not like, so for, for people who are listening right now, say you're like, Oh, I love what I do. And I'm going to be doing this until I retire or, you know, to get bored. And, but then I'm done. Maybe not as entrepreneurs. I think part of our mentality is what's next, Mm -hmm. right? What, what am I going to do? How am I going to keep myself entertained and engaged in in my thing? And so I think it's really wise to invest in personal branding and to focus on that. And, you know, I've noticed with some of the clients that you work with, some of them are building brands that don't necessarily have anything to do with their main business. Like they might have a thing that they're doing and then they're building themselves on the side. That's something to really, you know, pay attention to that. Before you and I met, I didn't really know the difference between personal branding and marketing, to be Mm -hmm. honest. Well, (laughs) the best way that I ever heard it put was that marketing is like asking someone on a date. Branding is the reason they say yes. Say that again. Marketing is is like asking someone on a date. Branding is the reason they say yes. I like that. Yeah. And I think that we, something that goes on in my head, and I'm sure because some of my clients have said the same thing. It's like, well, it's not about me. And what we deliver isn't about us. It's not, you know, like I try to try to help my clients understand this. So I'm sure that there are other people who are thinking, wait a minute, what? So we, we develop a blueprint. If we're service oriented, we develop this blueprint that is what gets results that plus their effort, but it's us that they're engaging with. Most of my clients have said, the reason that I said yes to working with you after interviewing X number of business coaches and and consultants was the connection that you made Mm -hmm. and how quickly you understood what it was I wanted to do and how you could see where I was headed even when I couldn't tell. That's something that is that personal connection that I would imagine you would want to draw out in your personal branding. Right. And also too, I think people get confused that your personal brand is about you. And in the end, it's really not. Your personal brand is communicating to the people you serve why you can help them, why it should be you, um, what you can do for them. It's, It's really not about you. It's about them. Yeah. It's still about them, even if you're building your own brand. Right. That takes some mental gymnastics. (laughs) But for those of us who are service oriented, it's probably a little bit easier to to wrap our minds around that, right? Mm -hmm. Because people come to us for a particular outcome. They're looking for certain benefits. They want, you know, they want to achieve something specific. And that's why they would say yes to working with us. And that's one of the things that I go through with my clients. And I think that's one of the reasons why the images don't look like other people's images. For example, we all work on a computer. We all talk on a phone. We all drink coffee. And while I would rather see images of you doing those things than you use stock images, there's more to you than that. Mm -hmm. So what one of the things that we dive into is, okay, well, who are you talking to? Who's that client? What do they need to know? What keeps them up at night? Mm -hmm. All these things. And then we take what makes you unique, who you're speaking to, and we merge the two. Mm -hmm. Yeah. At the end of the day, I don't think our clients care if we do or don't drink coffee. Right. (laughs) They're going to assume that we use a computer. (laughs) 
Yeah, it, it does absolutely nothing to show your uniqueness. Yeah. When you're going to do a photo shoot, either live, and let's talk about this in a minute, either live or remotely, um, do you have, do you plan it out in your mind, like how you want to draw out what is them or is it spontaneous? I mean, obviously you scout locations, but apart from that. Like I said, there's a a series of questions and we've had a series of conversations before there is ever a shutter pressed. Gotcha. And in those conversations, you know, like I said, first it starts with that questionnaire and then going through that questionnaire, and I'll, it'll be one of those things. Well, tell me about that. Tell me about that. And then usually somewhere in that conversation, they'll say something and I'll be like, yeah, that that's where we're going to start. And then from there, it's building out that story mm-hmm. and building out, okay, well, what location would be best for that? What props would be best for that? What, you know, what does that look like to tell? And we go from there. Very cool. So a little bit of a gear shift. Um, we are, you know, currently still, I don't know if it's the middle, but we're somewhere in the midst of this, you know, great COVID-19 pandemic and in-person photography shut down for what, like six months or something? It, it was a while. Yeah. We've lost track of time, but yeah. for a great length of time. I know. What, t- what day is today? <laughs> I don't even know. I just, I just, the calendar reminder popped up and I sat down and started recording. Um <laughs> But you made an interesting course correction. The word pivot is very tried and true this year, isn't it? So you got an idea about becoming a photographer in your pocket. So tell me about how that developed and how it's going. It's fascinating. One would never guess that the images you're creating are done from someone's iPhone. (laughs) First of all, I realized that I'm kind of productive in captivity. Captivity. I didn't come up with this idea. A friend of mine presented it to me that she saw it on YouTube. And so we tested it out and and the photographers that seemed to be doing it were kind of playing around with it. And I thought, oh no, 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 I, I can use this to help people. So I bought the URL photographerinyourpocket.com, which takes you right to that page on my website. And what it is, is it's virtual photography. And so the images that are all on that page were done virtually, but the kicker is I'm still taking the photo. I'm connecting with you through FaceTime, but I'm taking your photos. And the rest of the process is still the same. We're still talking through what makes you unique. Who are we speaking to? What What stories do we need to tell? And, but what this has allowed me to do is it has allowed me to work with anyone, anywhere. Mm -hmm. So I have done images for a woman in Australia. I've done images for gentlemen out in California. Was the motorcycle pictures? That was one of them. Yeah. I have so many questions. (laughs) 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 I'll ask them later. But (laughs) But, but meanwhile, um, you know, I sit here in North Carolina. Yeah. In your office or wherever. Mm -hmm. Click, click, click. Mm-hmm. That is so cool. So how the heck did you get the, the motorcycle pictures? <laughs> was there another person involved that was? No. <laughs> I, every time I look, I'm like, that's just amazing and gorgeous and beautiful. And it looks like he's in motion. And how did they do that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I had somebody say to me, every time I look at that photo, I, I swear I see him move. <laughs> I know. It looks like he's in motion. I'm like, that, that's not safe. That's my mom brain starts going, oh, think no, that's not really what I thought. It's like, how the heck did they do that? Is it a, like a selfie stick or does he have a no. tripod or something? Um, well, that's one of the things that I'll ask on the questionnaire for the virtual sessions is what kind of equipment do you have? Mm-hmm. So some people have a small tripod or that type of thing, or they make these little gorilla pods with the bendy legs. Oh yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And so I'll have you bring that stuff with you. Cause a lot of the, like that particular one was out on the beach in California. So, you know, with that one was just a low tripod and I said to him, okay, nope, back it up, back it up, back it up. Yep. Right there. Okay. Go get on that thing. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That's, are you having fun with that? Oh yeah. 
It seems like a it's, lot of fun. It's fun, but it's also, there's a bit of frustration for me because I know what I would do in person. Mm-hmm. So part of me gets frustrated because I can't do it in person, but also helping me develop the skills to talk people through being me because I need them to, to get the angle that I'm after or to be me on their end. Yeah. Interesting. So you've developed a new skill set. Working on that. <laughs> a work in progress. Well, the, the images are beautiful. I mean, they really are. It's, it's still blows my mind a little bit that one that we even have technology on a telephone that can yeah. do that. I mean, I'm not that old, but it still amazes me how much better the cameras get with every yeah. new um, addition. But the fact that you could figure it out, not that you could, because I know you're fully capable, that you're willing to. I think this is the key here is the willingness to, to make a change, to keep doing the thing that you love, even if maybe it's restricted right now. But right. you also probably save wear and tear on your own body, probably save your clients a good amount of money because you're not traveling to them. Like you don't have to lug all your stuff across the country to take right. to take these photos. And I mean, I would love to go to Australia someday, but you didn't have to go to Australia to photograph your client in Australia. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So that makes it more accessible, I would imagine. Right. Literally accessible, but also financially accessible. But I think the thing to always remember is I love what I do. And when you love what you do, even if there's some kind of a roadblock put up like COVID, you find a way to do what you love. Mm -hmm. So you just, you know, you you kick into your internal GPS and you reroute because the destination (laughs) is still the same. Yeah. (laughs) Root recalculation, right? (laughs) So my GPS says to me, root recalculation. So could you, ha- it, like looking back to when you were working with the wrestlers and traveling around and doing all that amazing and cool and probably a little bit crazy stuff, would you have imagined that you'd be sitting in your living room or your home office photographing people? <laughs> Honestly, I would not have thought it this time last year. Yeah. Amazing. That's really cool. And, and people are really receptive to it. Yeah. Once yeah. they figure out that I'm doing the photos. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think a lot of people have the misconception that somehow I'm walking them through selfies. Ah, right. But what happens is at the end of the, the session, I have the photos on my equipment, not theirs. Yeah, right. So they don't have to like, figure out how to put it all in a Dropbox and blah, 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 no. blah, blah, that you take care of that for them. Exactly. And I, yeah. I'll edit them and color correct and all that type of thing. Is it more work on the production end? Um, Not necessarily. Yeah. I don't think it's any more than in person. Um, yeah, that's so cool. It's so cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, what do you think, not just, well, also in the pandemic, but in general, what do you think is like your biggest learning experience? Like if you could go back and tell your earlier entrepreneur self what you've learned, what would that be? Hmm. All along the way, I would think the biggest thing for me, because I had a big confidence problem early in my career. Part of it was my doing, part of it was not my doing. Um, but I think along the way, the biggest lesson that I learned was to learn from others, but don't copy and also don't, don't compare. Well, that's a tough one, isn't it? Don't compare, especially with images, because I'm sure that it's easy to go like down the rabbit hole and look at other people's stuff, especially in such an image driven world that we're now with social media and Instagram. And you know what? I can look, there are so many photographers that I, whose work I love and admire and all that, but that's their work. And I think with, with anything, you know, even all these different courses that you can take, yes, there's something to be learned from everyone, but you are never going to have success duplicating someone else's course only because 
your experience getting to that has not been the same. And your experience in your everyday life is not going to be the same. So I'm not saying you won't have success, but you're not necessarily going to be able to duplicate their success. It will be your own. And I think knowing that and knowing that one of my favorite quotes is by Bruce Lee about take what is useful, reject what is not, and make it uniquely your own. So important for any business because you learn from the people that are doing it well and you study the people that are doing it and the people that are where you would like to be and are doing it how you would like to do it. But you take a little bit from this one and a little bit from that one and a little bit from this one and you merge it into what makes sense for you. I love that. I think that it's really tempting, especially now when people's um, stress levels are elevated and there's a lot of um, a lot of talk about the economy and this extended recession and blah, 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 blah. And, you know, I have a background in economics. So I'm not saying don't pay attention to that, but I think it's really important to kind of observe what's going on and then come back within and find a way forward. And the temptation is like follow gurus and buy their stuff and then try to do their paint by numbers program, which is really designed to get you generally to a certain point and then buy their next level and then join their club. So I think that lots of dog barking is probably Amazon. Pardon me, pardon me. I think that it can be challenging if we're not really sure about where we're headed to do that, to be, to give into that temptation, to buy other people's stuff, to follow all the other programs. Have, have you encountered that? Or do you find that when you've encountered that, what has been like the shift in your mind that's kept you back to your own course and knowing that you're doing the right thing? How do you know? I think for me, one of the things that I usually look for, if I'm going to buy a course, unless it's something that I need step-by-step, you know, something like I I have a course right now that I bought and it's basically the steps to, to put different things on your website, like put the back end in place and things like that. That's a step-by-step thing that you need. Yes. But that matters. Yeah. (laughs) Get that wrong. It's definitely, it's definitely not going to work. Exactly. (laughs) But I think with business and opportunities and things like that, the courses that are better to me or the things to invest in teach you the principles of it, not the step-by-step of it. Because once you have the principles of something and the guidance through that, then you can make it work in a way that makes sense for you. I think that's important for our listeners to pay attention to that because it is, especially if we're, if we're new or if we're trying something new. Um, and I encounter this, uh, whenever I stretch myself, I then suddenly have a crisis of confidence. (laughs) It's not while I'm doing what I'm already good at. I feel really solid in what I currently do. Every time I stretch outside of that, then I'm like, oh, and it goes through my mind. Maybe I should go follow so-and-so or download somebody's whatever and join their program. And then I go, let's pause. I'm building off of what I've already got. I'm just learning something slightly different, or I'm pushing myself outside of that. It's not that I don't already have the skill set. So one of the things that I come back to is one is my why. And then my two is for whom. And that usually puts me right, you know, my feet right back on the ground. Yeah. There are, I would say three different entrepreneurs who I listen to their, their stuff. Okay. Maybe four. And I have pulled golden nuggets from each person and they are Donald Miller, Brant Menswar, Steve Sims, and Brene Brown, because each one of them has such a wonderful take on things. And if you take what each one is is telling you and the guiding principles behind what each person is telling you, gives you a really successful soup to drink from. <laughs> mm. And you still get to do it your way. Right. You're, it's like it's like you're receiving guidance from a trusted mentor. Right. Way. And yeah. Well, and Brene Brown teaches a lot about you know, 
boundaries, but she also talks a lot about being brave mm-hmm. and courage, right? So taking that leap of faith and taking the steps and how to shut down the noise. Yeah. And yeah, because I think that that can be really hard. I, I feel like I have another question brewing for you. <laughs> <laughs> well, also too, you know, even when you were saying, you know, starting with why, one of the things that I learned from one of the people that I just mentioned, Brant, is not to start with why, start with what, what are your core values? Mm-hmm. And because if when decisions are, seem off to you, it's because they're really not aligning with your core values. And it's knowing what those values are, knowing that they truly belong to you and aren't somebody else's values that you have adopted, that helps you make decisions so much easier. Yeah. I think that's an important thing too, to remember, like, we may not know why yet, what we have inside of us that we have to offer, even if we're not sure how to package it yet, right? A lot of people start their businesses, literally writing down some ideas on a bar napkin, and then register an LLC and off they go. Mine was not quite literally like that, but pretty close to that. But I always understood who I am. That's never changed. I have developed and grown and whatever over time. My business has developed and grown and changed quite a bit over time. But what's never changed is who I am and how I show up. I I think I show up a little stronger than I used to, but generally the essence of who I am is the same. And people sometimes get lost in that. It's really, really easy to get swayed by what other people are doing. Sometimes Mm -hmm. I like to look for inspiration or see what other people are doing just to see what they're doing out of curiosity. But if I find myself comparing, like you mentioned earlier, I know I'm in trouble. Right. Because I've probably lost sight of what's important to me in that moment. Mm-hmm. Like anytime I've meandered way off course, it's it's when I wasn't sure of, of what I wanted to be doing and why. Mm-hmm. You know, so I think that we all need to like really drop down into our heart. That's, you know, that sounds a little bit woo-woo, but it's true. Even if we just put our hand on our heart and ask what I'm, what's most important to me in this whole world, we'll probably be able to come up with four or five things that are the, really the pillars of who we are. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I love that. Bring your core values because, you know, this book, Start With Why. I didn't actually read it, but I think about that a lot because people are, a lot of people don't really know why. They just feel this intuitive yanking forward into something that they may not quite understand yet. I didn't understand what I was doing when I started my business. And it was interesting because recently I watched a Donald Miller video and he said, if you want to find your why, answer the question, what comes after because. Mm. And I did that exercise and it's, it's funny how much it helps you. Yeah. Do you think that that helped you figure out really quickly how to adjust when probably lots of photo shoots canceled and opportunities changed or, or seemed to go away, maybe indefinitely? Was um, it easy for you to figure out what to do after that? No, right after that, I did a completely different shift. And I was seeing, I, I kind of pressed pause on everything. Mm-hmm. I had a podcast at the time, and which I'll be redoing, but I pressed pause on everything. And I was watching people and listening to people. And I realized how many people were struggling and floundering and things like that. And so I thought, you know what? Tips. I could use tips. Everybody could use tips. I know people that can give tips. So you were actually on Move the Needle and it was just a out of nowhere. It was a hundred episode series and there are tips on there from people and branding and marketing and um, sales and business development. And so there's something that anybody can pull from. Even if you implement one thing, you can move the needle. So I did that. And then I thought, you know what? Okay, that has done what I'm, I have hoped it would do. So now I can, with a clear head, go back into what 
I do. Yeah. Yeah. I think sometimes we get so focused what we're what's right in front of us that we need to shift focus someplace completely different and then come back. Yeah. The move the needle came at such a perfect time, I think, for for everybody who had the chance to listen to it. I I did not listen to all 100, but I did watch and listen to quite a few of them. And and then I binged a few because <laughs> I, I didn't know what I wanted to do. I was kind of, you know, I was sort of spinning my wheels when a lot of live events canceled and whatnot. And so it helped me a lot. And I got inspired and some people's ability to focus like so much better than I can made me realize that if I just decided to, I could focus better. Mm-hmm. And I know this because I would ask a client that, but when you're, when you're, you know, staring at that one tree in the forest and you forget to lean back and, and check the view, you forget. Right. So yeah, I mean, it came at a perfect time for me to listen, for me to be interviewed, to really think about what would be the one thing that I would tell people. So it mm-hmm. forced me to focus. So I appreciated it. And I think that um, our listeners would enjoy it. Most of them are like five minutes or shorter, right? Ten. Yeah. I think the average time is about three and a half minutes. Yeah. I remember when we were done, I was like, that's all I have to say. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Bye. Yeah. <laughs> I think I talked for a minute and a half. I was like, yeah. wow, that's remarkable. I never talk that little. <laughs> <laughs> but it was cool. I mean, it was it was a really cool thing. So you did a hundred episodes mm-hmm. of Move the Needle. Where can people find that? Um, it's on my YouTube channel. Uh that's probably the easiest place to find it. It's also on my Facebook business page, but okay. you know, you kind of have to sift through things on Facebook. Yeah. So I would say YouTube is probably the easiest place to find it. Okay. We'll put that link in the show notes so everybody can go see it. Do you go, go just scroll through and listen to two or three in a row? That's what I did. I would just mm-hmm. sit down and listen to two or three. Oh, I feel so much better. Like just ready to move forward. Cause sometimes we just need a little shot in the arm. That's all. Yeah. Or to hear from somebody else that you're doing great. Yeah. Even if you don't know that person, you know, right. you hear them say something that really resonates. And that's, I think that we all need that. That's, right. that was part of what inspired me to start this podcast was like, you know, there are people who are, they're doing well. They may even recognize that they're doing well, but entrepreneurship can sometimes feel like a lonely island. Absolutely. It's great to know that there are other people out there who are real people who slogged through the mud to get to where they are and they're willing to talk about it. <laughs> yeah. And I think it's really also very important to realize that we often don't see what's going on until we see the success. So there is no such thing as an overnight success. Entrepreneurship mm-hmm. is a long haul game. Yeah. And if if you're seeing somebody's success has come from all the years slumping through the mud. Yeah. And we don't always, we don't always get to see that, right? We kind of, right. we see people's, I finally remember what it's called, their highlight reels, right? So we yeah. see all the good stuff, but you know, the good stuff is, you know, so a good friend of mine told me once when I was going through something really difficult, you're like a lotus flower. So the lotus flower has to send its roots down to the nasty muck at the bottom before it'll ever send a shoot up to the surface of the water and give you a flower. That's entrepreneurship right there. Mm-hmm. You got to dig through the dirt in yeah. order to get solid enough to be able to come up and experience the sun and 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 see the light of day sometimes and, and right. show our beauty and show what we've got you know, it really does take, it takes some slogging and it's not in a bad way. I mean, we're, sometimes it feels like it, but for the most part, I think when we do what we love, it doesn't really feel like work. We're on a mission and a mission is very different than just going to work. And I think the other thing that mistake that a lot of people make is thinking that I have to do it all alone mm. because first of all, you can't newsflash, you're, you're just not going to be good at everything. Right. So fill the gaps in the places that you're weak and 
make them stronger and focus on what you're good at. And even if you're afraid, I was going to say, don't be afraid, but even if you're afraid, even if you feel some fear of exposure or I don't know what other fear might come up for, for people in asking for help, there are so many people who are so willing to help. Mm-hmm. You don't have to have a huge budget to work with, you know, the guru person. Sometimes you can barter. Sometimes someone will be willing to mentor you. Um, you know, you, if you don't ask, your answer's already no. You've already got the exactly. no, right? So exactly. it's a it's a matter of just going ahead and doing it. You might be surprised that that leap is the thing that helps you make the big change in your business. Exactly. Well, that seems like a nice uh, transition to my to one of my final questions, which is, do you have three pieces or your best pieces of advice for people in the um, in the journey? Be brave, don't compare, and never lose sight of the end game. Mm, I love it. Well, where can we find you? How can we support you in your business? My website is marlenasemenza.com. That's probably the best place. As far as social media goes, I'm most active on Instagram, which is marlena.semenza.photo but you can also find me on Facebook and also LinkedIn. Awesome. We'll put all of those links in the show notes so that people can find you very easily. But this has been such a great and fun conversation. And I I always love talking with you. (laughs) (laughs) So thank you for for coming. And thank you so much for for being part of this. I really appreciate it. And I appreciate you. You're very welcome. Thank you so very much. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of Entrepreneur Mindset Reset. If you liked what you heard, be sure to click the subscribe button so you'll never miss a show. Please leave us a review and tell your friends about us so more people can hear the valuable information we share in each episode. We look forward to hearing from you and celebrating your success.